Welcome to Student Nation Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Evan Van Musicum. Joining me on the show today is Student Nation's very own nutritionist, Mandy Thomas. Thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me. So we haven't talked much about hoof health in the past, yet we really should. Can you tell us why? So this is one of those things I get a lot of phone calls about, and it's a very complex issue. The biggest problem is, what do cows stand on all day long? Well, it really depends, I guess, on the, the facility, I guess, you know? Come on, Evan, think about it. What do they stand on all day long? Their feet. Oh, okay. <laughs> all right, all right, that's good. I was thinking, I was like, the ground, you know? like. <laughs> yes, no, you're not wrong. So if your foot's bad and you're lame, you aren't a productive animal, correct? Correct. Okay, so the problem we have in the industry is the feet are probably one of the most important parts of the animal because they hold the animal up, but they're the last thing we think about. And we don't really keep track of lameness very well, especially in the beef industry. Yeah, I can agree with that. So we have no clue how bad the problem actually is. But a lot of times, if you get lame, you stay lame. And then you fall out of the herd. That's not very good, is it? Yeah, don't tell me that. One of my donor cows is lame. I've been trying to like limp her along, you know, pun intended, to like get her back on her all four of her feet, and uh, I want her to live. So, <laughs> no, yeah, and and that's the thing. You know, we see it a lot in the dairy industry where cows are lame, and we can manage the lameness and keep them in the herd. But eventually, it gets bad enough that they have to leave the herd. Well. If you haven't even paid for them or they haven't paid for themselves, by the time they leave the herd, it's kind of a, an economic loss, not to mention a genetic loss and all the other things you were looking for with that animal. So what are some of the risk factors for lameness? Why are some cows lame and some cows not? So there's a, like we mentioned, there's a lot of things that go into lameness. Uh, some of the biggest risk factors are the animal themselves. So what stage of production are they in? How old are they? What genetics do they have? Are they crazy and they ride each other all the time and they're really pushy? That can cause lameness issues. What's their nutritional status? So are they suffering from subacute acidosis? What's their mineral status? Uh, were there issues in the ration that you didn't catch and now we've got lame cows? Uh, systemic disease is another big issue. And those are going to be different between beef and dairy. On dairy, obviously, we're looking at a lot of the milking issues. So you'd be looking at things like milk fever, uh, ketosis, other infectious diseases. When you get into the beef cattle side, though, it could be respiratory disease, enteric diseases that we didn't catch. Uh, you look at management issues, and that can be everything from handling to stockmanship, which is just keeping track of your animals a little better feeding and bunk management, and then improper trimming. And the last one is environmental. So that would be things like hygiene, flooring, housing, and even heat stress. So you mentioned trimming. Now, I'm going to go at this from a beef mindset because the environments that we have dairy cows in have a lot to do with why we have to hoof trim. And But with beef cows, I've, I guess I've always come at it with the mentality that if she needs a hoof trim, she needs to leave because she shouldn't. What, what are your thoughts? That's how most beef guys think. And that's part of why I'd say the beef industry is so far behind the dairy on the foot health side of things, really. And yes, the dairy industry has created a lot of their own problems, but we're seeing more and more cattle in confinement, period. So we're seeing the same problems in feedlot animals and confinement cow operations. And 
a lot of it has to do with not just the animal themselves, but what their environment is. So even some of those cows on on pasture that get hoof problems, it could be because of minerals or lack of minerals or too much of something out there. But it could also be a non-infectious issue. They could have gotten an abscess because they cut themselves on a sharp rock and bacteria went up in their foot. So just because she got hurt and went lame doesn't necessarily mean she needs to leave if it's not her fault, you know? Like, there's a lot of things that happen. Was it an injury or was it something else? That makes sense. I was just kind of curious about your thoughts on it. Talked to some of my friends in the beef industry and especially those of my friends and colleagues up in Canada. They, they complain about how poor American feet are on their beef cattle. And I was just kind of thinking, hey, all right, well, is that part of it? Like breeding? Like people aren't paying attention to feet? I know I come from a dairy background and back in the day, 15, 20 years ago, they used to have people come out and measure foot angle and heel depth. And then when it kind of ended up that there was such a low heritability that people kind of forgot about it. They they stopped doing that. I don't know anybody who pays attention to that now, you know, as far as mating decisions. So I in my head, I, every time we have a guest on the show, and even though I talk when we're out and about working, I, I like to kind of bring it back to some question I might have too. And so I was like, well, how much is breeding? How much is mineral? And how much is environment? Because if the cows are on grass, we can't control much about the environment impact. But I mean, we can definitely hit the mineral program hard and, and be smart about that. And each producer has their own breeding strategy. So I just kind of was going to ask you about your thoughts on those multifaceted options as far as lameness goes. Right. And you're not wrong. Americans have done a horrible job on all species when it comes to maintaining good feet. And it's really common in the horse world. And I'm going to use that because I have horses and I see it all the time. People look at the animal. They don't look at the feet. But like we talked about at the beginning, what stands between an animal and the ground and a long, healthy life? Their feet. And at least in cows and, you know, all the other species aren't much different. There isn't much space between the bones of the feet and the actual ground. So if you damage, and whether this is management, genetics, you know, all the things that we can control, if you damage that, you've lost that animal. And it's something that we as an industry across all species, swine, dairy, beef, everything, have not focused on at all, at all, for decades. We've gone for growth, we've gone gone for feed efficiency, we've gone for beauty, depending on if we're talking about show stock and even in the horse world, you know, fancy show horses. We're not looking at functionability. We're looking at how do they look. Well, if they can't walk, it doesn't matter how they look. So one thing we haven't really mentioned yet is that what about things like a heat stress event or cold stress, maybe. What about the weather affecting hoof health? Does that occur? It does actually occur. And this is something I didn't know until I took a class on this. And there are hoof care professionals in the dairy industry that have been doing this for decades longer than I've been alive. And they have tracked this over many large herds and found that once you get above 77 degrees, which is a cow's upper critical temperature for thermoneutral, so where they're happy. Once you get past 77 degrees, things get weird, and they don't like hot weather. Well, two months after a hot weather event, you can see problems in the hoof from heat stress. Now, do I have the answers to why everything 
why that heat stress shows up in the hoof? No, but there are people that can mark that. So if you have a heat stress event and you wonder why cows go lame two months later and it's frosted, it might have been from a heat stress in the summer. So what risk factor do you feel like most producers focus on? Most of the conversations I have regarding hoof problems, and in the beef world it tends to revolve around hoof rot, they want to attack the nutrition, they want to use foot baths, and they want to jump right on the antibiotics. Now, nutrition-wise, there are a couple things that are really important when it comes to hoof health, and that would be zinc, copper, and iodine can work as a preventative for hoof rot if you have it in at the appropriate rate. But basically every other vitamin and mineral interacts with each other as well, and most of them, including things like manganese, biotin, calcium, phosphorus, those all deal in structural health and structural integrity. So they will all matter. This is why having a balanced mineral or a balanced ration is so important because everything interacts with each other. Now, one thing I have seen personally, and I've heard from a lot of professionals, foot baths. We don't use them correctly on most farms. So most guys want to go straight into formaldehyde and they always do it too strong. And what that ends up doing is causing chemical burns And then you're basically opening that foot and leg up to more bacteria. So if you're trying to solve an infectious problem, you may make it worse by allowing secondary infections to come in. And one of the other things I see a lot too is dirty foot baths. And dirty foot baths are useless because what you were trying to treat them with is now ineffective. And of course, antibiotics, everybody's favorite go-to. But sometimes we're treating things that can't be treated with antibiotics. Like if it's just an injury that hasn't gone, and I'm not the vet, so feel free to jump in at any time, Evan. But when we're treating things that are maybe an injury that hasn't had a secondary infection yet, antibiotics may not be the answer. Other than mineral programs and foot baths and hoof trimming and genetic breeding decisions based on feet, as well as being aware that some incidences of lameness are not tied to a larger problem. They're just incidents. Is there anything else that our producers should be thinking about as far as lameness? I did. We, we also, I guess, mentioned weather events. Hoof health is such a complicated issue, and there are a few other things that you want to think about outside of what we usually jump right to. And one that shocked me just learning from the dairy industry, is that there are things we're doing to our heifers that is impacting how those heifers survive as cows. Because we're treating heifers in a lot of instances like small cows, and they're not small cows. So some of the things that we've found problems in, and this is true, heifers, cows, whatever you want to be looking at, is feed and bunk management. So if you're overcrowding cows, if you're using... Anything that they can push against, that can cause damage to their feet. So this is one of those things where it'd be really easy for me to show you and not necessarily talk about. But there are so many instances where the way we have our bunk set up or we're not pushing feet up enough or we're not feeding enough or um, we've got too too tall a curb for them to eat over if we're feeding into a bunk. 
or got too many heifers or too many cows stuck into a pen, that can cause as many foot issues as some of the other issues we see, infectious diseases and such too. From physical injury or more so from inadequate feed and mineral intake because of physical restriction? All of the above. So there have been some studies done by some of the companies that we partner with that have measured the force, for example, on heifers, measured the force a heifer exerts when she pushes against a headlock to eat off the alley, okay? And the force is so strong that she can push her legs the wrong way. Her feet stand the wrong way. So then she's exerting force on the wrong part of her feet. So then it's causing her foot to change the way that she stands. So there are a lot of small things like that. Something else that has surprised me would be like sand that we use for dairy cow comfort. It wears away at their feet pretty rapidly. And it can actually cause even more damage on heifers. So these small things like that. So even if you've got beef cows out on a lot and you're doing in it's in a dirty lot or it's in, you know, a lot with a lot of sand and you're wondering why you're having problems or the curb's really tall on the bunk. You know, these are all things that that could be causing problems. And there's also a lot of our flooring. When we look at the concrete flooring that we've got, a lot of the patterns that we're using are actually terrible for cow feet and the way they walk. Cows need a flat surface. And a lot of the flooring patterns that we use on concrete, especially ones with crowns or you know extra ridges in spots that don't make sense, it causes them to push their feet the wrong way. Because instead of their claws being flat on the floor, they may push one way or the other or slide heel to toe or any, any number of ways. So using the correct pattern on your floor was something that I had had not really paid much attention to until taking some classes on this. Well, is there anything else you'd like to share with our listeners today? I would just say keep an open mind about hoof health. Uh, There are a lot of, there's always new research coming out. So don't get focused on, oh, I need more zinc or I need more copper or I need more iodine. Maybe step back and see what other some other factors you've got going on that might be causing some issues. I think that our listeners now know a little bit more about taking a holistic approach to hoof health. And so thank you, Mandy, so much for taking the time today. Thanks for having me. And thank you listeners for taking the time to listen to us. If you didn't find us helpful, hopefully you found us interesting.